New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare, MyHealthPolicy.com. The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 146 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. My name's Kyle. My name's Corey. And I'm Carlos. No Michelle this week. No Michelle for the rest of October, maybe. Yikes. <laughs> man, oh man. Was that a woohoo or a boohoo? Yeah. Like... <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was neither. <laughs> yeah, it was neither. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle is traveling the globe. She's all over the place for the next three, three, four weeks. Craziness. It's awesome. Yeah, no, she's going to have a great time. Boston and England and Italy. That's crazy stuff, man. But anyway, we're going to we're going to soldier on here, the three of us, and we're going to have some fun doing it, I think. So uh, what's going on, boys? Good weekend. Actually, happy Thanksgiving weekend to our Canadian brethren. How's it going, boys? Hope you had a lot of turkey. I did. Just came back from Turkey. We're recording this late because of Turkey. <laughs> I apologize. Well, at least no... I- that, hold on. Uh, that and the turkeys who uh, who decide uh, which roads to close uh, without you know telling people. <laughs> so those turkeys are also to blame to for Quebec. why they started late. <laughs> See, now I feel a bit bad for calling you a turkey. That's Welcome to Quebec. Tur- you never know which roads are going to be closed. It's like a shell game. Yeah, it's true. It's true. All right, so uh, think- we've all eaten a lot of turkey. A lot of uh, allegedly, we've had a lot of Chinese food. <laughs> or Corey's eaten enough Chinese for all of us. Yeah, weddings. Wait to hear that one on. into the garbage chute. Oh boy, <laughs> it gets better, everybody. Don't eat. Don't eat before listening to it. <laughs> Make sure you're sitting. Make sure you've already eaten or are far away from eating. Then listen. <laughs> I think it's better. It's better to digest with an em- on an empty stomach. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't take that chance. <laughs> That's just me. I don't know. Make sure you have your shots. Make sure everything's up to date. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, All right. I missed you guys, man. Yeah, this is. If it, I you know I was telling my wife. I'm like, we were gone. We've been gone since uh, basically first thing Thursday morning, and I was like, it, it feels like I've been gone for two weeks. It, like coming home just you know you know you actually have been on holiday and you've been away for a while and you come home and you're like oh my house i can't believe it i'm back like that i had that feeling i've been gone for like four days it's it's so weird but yeah i'm looking forward to ep- uh, recording this you know it's funny we're starting this recording it's 10 26 eastern time on uh sunday october 7th resistance premiere is playing right now 
and we're not watching it. Yeah, it was a tough one. That's when I called to Carlos a turkey. I was like, it's 10 2. I could be watching Resistance. A turkey. <laughs> gobble, gobble. Even if we started at 9.30, we'd still be recording it, jackass. Well, that's it. That's what I'm saying. Like, we weren't recording at 9.30. <laughs> yeah, but it, <laughs> it starts like... at 10. Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyways, let's move along. That's it. I forgave you because you said you were having turkey. So then I said you weren't a turkey. Wow, this this is exhilarating podcasting right now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't kneecap it now. That's too late. That's what I do, man. Oh shit. Uh, okay, so uh, let's let's just jump right into the show here. We had uh, New York Comic Con this past weekend, and they gave us a whole lot of stuff to look at uh, on the collecting front. So I figure we'll start there this week. We'll start with the Resistance figures. We're getting some Wave One stuff coming out. That's either later this year or early 2019, which is, in my opinion, missing the boat, considering it should have been out to help uh, prime the pump for the show. But we're going to get Kaz, Tora, Commander Pyre, who is that gold-looking stormtrooper. Phasma uh, wannabe. Yeah. Ma- uh, Major Vonreg, uh, Jarek Jaeger with Bucket, Poe with BB-8, Sinora San, and a First Order Stormtrooper. Did you guys get a chance to look at these images? Sure did. They look pretty... I didn't. Oh, you didn't see no. them? I didn't see them, but uh, I could tell you right now, the only characters I would consider getting are Poe and BB-8. That's it. And the that makes fi- sense. They all look <laughs> like they're right out of the cartoon. They, they look spectacular. Yeah, nice. yeah, they look well. I, I saw the one. I saw Kaz, I believe, was the first one that, that was dropped. And uh, I think it was earlier in the week. I believe it was. Uh, it was uh, I... Thursday. I was. I so first thing like the start of my road trip actually t- was uh, a daughter's visit to the dentist's office. So I was sitting there and while she was getting worked on, looking at these photos. And, wow! Holy cow! These look right out of the screen. It they look fantastic. That's what I was gonna say. Like I find like I don't know. I don't know what it is exactly like this versus Rebels, but I think I, their facial features aren't as. Uh defined i guess and so this animation style kind of lends itself well and it's like translating really well into toy form like you said kyle like it really really looked like spot on which is kind of dangerous <laughs> like I'm, I'm just gonna have to gauge how much i like this show because anyway in the long run i hope my kid likes it because i'll gladly buy them for him sure <laughs> <laughs> no well that's that that is the downside to this is that you go on a toy run primarily looking for stuff for your collection but if your kids are totally into it now you might have to pick up two. And that's the danger. That that would suck. Uh, or or we just may do that anyway here because uh, my kids are, are amped to get into resistance. We'll, I'll show them that tomorrow. But once these toys hit the pegs, assuming we get them, uh, you know what? I'm, I don't know if I'm going to sleep on this series, this line of toys. They look really, really good. And if resistance is a hit, uh, maybe this toy line becomes something of a of a hot topic. I don't know. I'm, I'm down with it. I haven't seen any pictures of packaging yet, but I, I guess you can already imagine what it might look like. Not really, but I think my imagination just ran wild when you said that because I hadn't thought about it. And I was like, man, the potential there with the racing and stuff. And yeah, well, yeah, taking it a step further, they'll probably have some play sets involved or, or a few vehicles. And I'm sure those are going to look awesome, too. What's it? The Colossus? A Colossus mm. playset? You think they'll do that? I don't know, but I guess it depends how big the show is, right? 
Yeah, I mean, Rebels got the treatment. The Clone Wars got the treatment. Uh, Freemakers, of course, Freemakers get the Lego treatment. Maybe they can do a Colossus Lego. There you go. Maybe maybe that would work. Um, what else did we see this week? Uh, we saw the uh, some Black Series figures. They showed some oh, of that God. to us. Oh boy, a lot of them look really really good. Uh, the the topper for me is the Tartakovsky Kenobi. That is top help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. That one is help me. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> help me. Help me now. I want that so bad. That is a, uh, that's a, wow. That's a barn burner of a figure there. And not to be outdone, but, you know, I, I can't stand General Grievous, but the Gr- Tartakovsky Grievous looks pretty good too. It's dope, man. Cape. <laughs> can't emphasize the cape factor enough. Well, the crappy thing about that Grievous is I'd seen that because it's a much bigger figure, it's not going to be at the typical price, price point. It's going to be more expensive. Which I think is BS, man, because I don't see you charging less for a Maz or a Chopper. Hmm, that's actually kind of a good point. That's it's ridiculous to me that they would charge more. Maybe it's, it's the opposability too, with the forearms and all ah, that. Give me a break. These these things should be priced twenty nine bucks across the line. Done. Uh, they also showed us uh, Afra BT and Triple yeah. Zero. Are you are you going to do those, Corey? I mean, depends how readily available they are, right? Like, I don't know, like for sure. I mean, all this stuff I want to gobble up like right away. Like I saw it all and I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm in so much trouble. Gobble, huh? Yeah, look at that. Gobble, gobble. Bringing everything full circle. Look at that. I love it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be doing the Afra BT and Triple Zero Black Series. I, I'm happy with the... Uh, Did they say if it was a three-pack or the individual? Individual as far as I know. Hmm. Oh geez, that would be that would be a hundred dollars for that for those three, which is not crazy considering what we paid for the SDCC pack. But I'm I'm happy with that one. I don't know that I need another Afro toy aside from the of course uh, the vintage collection one that is part of Wave Three. Yeah, we'll see we'll see what that character goes. I don't know. Uh, they also showed us a rocket troop from Rebels, which is looks pretty cool. Might slide in nicely with my collection of Black Series Imperial troops. Uh, Luke and Stormtrooper gear from A New Hope, which is a hard pass for me, and a, and a bunch more from the Archive Collection stuff that's already been out once upon a time that will see the light of day again. And then into the uh, the Vintage Collection stuff, uh, Assault Tank Commander, Stormtrooper Han, a 41st Elite Clone Trooper, which is a Target exclusive, Crate Luke, and Gamorrean Guard to coincide with the uh, the launch of the Sail Barge. The uh, Kickstarter one. Yeah, it looked nice. Those are the two. On, well, the other one, uh, there's also, I guess it's an exclusive, but wasn't there the uh, vintage Leia Boosh? Possibly, yeah. I mean, th- my list is by no, mean, no means exhaustive. I've just been trying to piece together things that I've seen since uh, since getting home from the road trip today. But uh, yeah. I, I definitely I th- saw that one. Yeah, that was there. But I, was that announced already? Like, I also saw an image with the Praetorian Guard and Yak Face and... On and yeah, on, yeah, I feel face, like a yeah. lot of those have been announced already. Right, it looks good though for 2019. I have to say, like Ezra Chopper, like there's a whole bunch. Like, well, uh, Holdo. Oh my God, the list just goes on and on. <laughs> just the way they planned it. 
Uh, Carlos, exactly. I know you uh, you kept tabs on Lego news going on over the weekend, and I know you you recapped it pretty well in the Tumbling Saber Facebook group. Uh, let's let's do that again now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so as I posted in the uh, Tumbling uh, Saber Facebook group, um, we got the official pricing for uh, Darth Vader's castle, which um, is being branded as a Amazon exclusive. Um, but I don't see it that way. It's already on the, uh, the Lego website. I think everything's available on the Lego website. Uh, and the exclusives are uh, for stuff that, uh, you know, you'll, you'll only be able to find at, uh, at say, Target or Walmart um, or, or Toys R Us. Uh, but, yeah, so Darth Vader's Castle was just um, uh, announced. It's uh, 100 and I think I believe 150 Canadian dollars, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 129 uh, U.S., uh, for what is it, an 800 piece count? I believe. I'm sorry, I'm just having a hard time uh, loading up the web page. But um, yeah, it's not uh, the best when you talk about value. I'm not uh, overly uh, impressed with it. And um, when you uh, take into consideration that some people are going to use it as a uh, a display piece, uh, that's kind of okay it's not really detailed enough i believe and then when you turn it around and you open up the playset, um for people who make uh mocks or stop motion <laughs> like uh, matthew salvatore uh, it's not large enough to be a full playset. so i i don't know i think it might my, my prediction is that uh overall the reviews are going to be maybe three and a half four stars uh, and uh, people are gonna feel a little bit underwhelmed with uh, with that with that I piece. I kind of have to agree with you there. Like I, I saw it and I was like, "Ooh, that's a kind of cool reveal." And I looked at it and it kind of just looked like a a black triangle with like levels. And I was like, "Man, can I make this a little more detailed?" Yeah, well, I, yeah. And just to clarify, it's it's one thousand sixty pieces, but that there you go. It helps the value a little bit, but it's, it's still not great value. Like it's actually really poor value. When you do like a price per brick. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I remember seeing the announcement and just reading the title before seeing any, any images. And I started getting all jittery and verklempt over. Oh my God, they're doing this. And, and then I saw the images and it was just like, oh, really? This, <laughs> that's very underwhelming. Like they Underwhelming. Need, yeah. Well, then what came to mind is they need to UCS this. There needs to be an ultimate collector series of Vader's Castle. Yeah, the mocks. I, I believe any anytime a, a rumor uh, comes out of of certain uh, sets that might be made, uh, there's guys out there, guys or girls uh, out there, uh, who who just mock the crap out of any potential um, uh, new set, right? And I, I believe somebody's gonna come up with a sick Vader's Vader's uh, castle on Mustafar. Um, so yeah, Darth Vader. I'm looking at it. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. The the page finally loaded. It's available. It's going to be. Uh, you can actually reserve it right now on the Lego store or on Amazon, and it uh, it ships by December first. For me, the coolest part of Darth Vader's castle is uh, Darth Vader's tie. <laughs> yeah, the, the little mini ship, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, th I'm going out on a limb, having followed Lego closely, especially uh, in the last uh, 16 months. I would say that we're probably going to get a UCS or a May the 4th 
Darth Vader's tie. Uh, that that's I, I believe that's where we're going. Um, this one is small, and kind of like in the same type of shrunken down uh, version of the slave one that you get with the betrayal on Cloud City. Yep. Um, and there's already a UCS slave one, uh, which is uh, which is gorgeous, actually. It's really nice. Um, so we're, we're I, I believe they're doing it at the opposite the opposite way now. So you're getting the smaller one in this in this set, and the UCS is going to come later. Where the the slave one, the UCS came first, and then they they added it into Betrayal of Cloud City. Uh, I really like that. So uh, I'm kind of uh, kind of happy with that. There are some other uh, battle packs and 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 stuff that's going to be released January first. We don't really have much news about that. Uh, I do have uh, a bit of a collecting update. Uh, and uh, the new Brickheads uh, that just came out on uh, October 1st, I picked up the um, the Luke and uh, Yoda uh, double pack and uh, the Leia. Um, and I also threw in a couple of uh, Poe's, uh, just the, the Lego keychain of uh, Poe Dameron. I got two of those. One of them I'm going to be giving away uh, as part of uh, my Patreon campaign. But when you spend $35 right now uh, on the uh, le- at the Lego store or online, uh, they throw in the – it's like a, a poly bag, uh, 22 pieces. It's uh, Han, Solo, Mud Trooper, like a stand. So they're really cool. You can okay. collect these, and then you just you, you, you put them together. So every order you, you place that's worth $35 or more, they'll throw that in. And uh, so I had a huge – I had a huge basket. I had a lot of things that I was going to be ordering, uh, <laughs> but I split them up. So my first order was the the Luke and Yoda and the Leia and the two uh, keychains. Boom, thirty six bucks. I'm getting a Mud Trooper. My next order, I actually have it right here. I'm looking at the bag right now. I'm getting the uh, the Stormtrooper brickheads, the Boba Fett uh, brickhead, and the Darth Vader brickhead. Um, with a, I wanted an R two D two keychain. And I'm getting another pole keychain, so that's going to put me up to four or five pole keychains. Uh, <laughs> the world's foremost collection of pole keychains. Exactly, and, but because they're they're on special right now, they're at two ninety nine instead of seven, uh, instead of six dollars. So I figured, yeah, whatever. And then I got I'm getting another Han Solo Mud Trooper uh, display uh, poly bag, and I'm going to be giving that one away too. Cool. Uh, and, uh, that's, uh, as far as, uh, Lego and, uh, rumors, there, there are some other stuff, but I don't want to, I don't want to get too far into it because, uh, I don't want to have to walk back and say, oh, this was the rumor, but now they're doing this. And, uh, so I think we're, uh, we're good right now, but, um, I just want to say the Porg, the, the, it's not a UCS Porg, even though it comes with the nameplate, but I, I believe for the piece count. Uh, 811 pieces uh, for 90 Canadian dollars. It's 70 US price per piece. I think that's pretty good. It actually looks really, really cute. Uh, I saw a couple of reviews online of people who bought it. And uh, people are like, you know what? It's better than I thought. Um, So, uh, yeah, it is, especially if you have the BB-8 and you want to just put something next to it. I think it's, it's sad that, uh, you, I, I guess BB-8 uh, meets some porgs on the uh, on the Falcon later on mm-hmm. uh, at the end of uh, the Last Jedi. Uh, it's just too bad there was no like on-screen interaction between them, because then that would make them kind of inseparable. But maybe we see it in Episode Nine. 
I don't know. Maybe. Uh, the, I, I, cool. I'm, I'm pretty DJ sure has his own Porg. No, it's not just that. Just that they're they're living on the Falcon now, right? Like I don't think Chewie's gonna eat them all. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> he might. I, 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 yeah. Well, he might, but <laughs> I, I believe we will see. Uh, we will see at least one Porg who's uh, an official resident of the Falcon, and uh, maybe who knows? That might be Turbus. Yeah, there you go. That'd be nice. They should just get that over with. Name him Turbus. Be done with it. Seriously. Yep. Um, Corey, well, I guess this is the opportunity. Uh, anything to add for your uh, collection this week? Yeah, actually, uh, like Kyle and I and Carlos had discussed earlier, we went to a wedding over the weekend, and uh, right across the street from the hotel, there was this pretty decent mall, man. So I checked out the EB Games. Nothing great there, but headed over to Toys R Us, and they had one Zuckus exclusive on the shelf. So I had to pick that up, little bounty hunter action. Like I kind of got the heart flutter. Was meant to be. That's a good score. Yeah, people I are kind of losing it, losing their minds over that figure. Yeah, that that one's uh, that's that's a that's a pass for me. But uh, good on you. I'm glad you found that. Yeah, it's nice. Gonna be a nice piece of my collection i was happy about that even though like i mean <laughs> come on we need a zuckus story or something that's what we need now oh boy this do guy we... deserves a toy do we need a zuckus story i don't know i don't know like, that we do i guess it's just because he's a bounty hunter but god i'd go out on a limb and say uh no we don't need that no <laughs> would have been nice to have seen him in the clone wars or something like the other guys yeah maybe and there's still lots of runway in front of us. I'm sure we'll see him at some point in the future. Um, yeah, I finally got my hands on those uh, second wave vintage collection figures. So I got to Enfys Nest and the uh, Assault Tank Driver and Young Han Solo and a Death Trooper. And Did they, they come in the mail or uh, you, you got them in the wild? No, actually, Corey uh, found them for me last week uh, out near my folks and uh, picked them up left them there and I, I swung by my parents place on the way home from the nice. wedding and uh yeah they are now part of my collection officially yeah, don't you remember last week color was i was actually kind of a hero if you think about it because that uh, Enfy's nest man like i wanted it bad and i'm telling you man like the plastic addiction was like it's yours man you've earned it it's the only one that you're ever gonna find keep it you deserve it <laughs> i said like, but but anyway i did the right thing you anytime right you do thing. something well I, I i erase that from my memory Corey. You would. Yes, Tendido. I would. <laughs> Tendido. Uh, finally, on New York Comic Con, as far as Star Wars goes, uh, a lot of publishing news, which we won't touch today, only to say that uh, the thing that stood out the most to me is not what we're getting, but what we're losing. And Charles Soule's run on Darth Vader will come to an end with issue 25, which is really right around the corner, I think in December or January, which is sad, man, it's, it's been the best book on the shelf for me for, for since it's since issue one. And uh, yeah, that's going to be sad to see go. And then uh, I guess to, I guess ease that loss will be uh, a five part series from Chuck Wendig. And it's going to be about uh, a, a, a people who have been affected by Darth Vader from their point of view. So as opposed to you know seeing everything from Vader's POV, this will be the opposite, which which will be cool in helping to frame Vader as uh, the big monster. Because we don't get to see that too, too much. So I'll look forward to that. 
Others may run for the hills when they see Chuck Wendig's name, but uh, I'll, I'll go for it. Seeing him do a comic book, I'll do it. And that'll do it for collecting news this week. So let's plow into the big news of the week, which is The Mandalorian, guys. We finally have some official info about Jon Favreau's series. It is actually called The Mandalorian. And the, the I guess, what little info we know says, After the stories of Jango and Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire and before the emergence of the First Order. We follow the travails of a, lo- of a lone gunfighter in the outer, reachers, outer reaches of the galaxy far from the authority of the New Republic. And I, this, this came out of the blue, caught me right off guard. I'm, I'm sold, man. I'm, like, I was, I'm way more interested in the concept of a lone gunman in the Outer Rim, rather than seeing Mandalorian society as a whole. I, I, I can't wait to hear more about the premise of the show. But I, you know, I, I, my, my, in trying to figure out what this show might be about, or the feel of it, I'm hoping that it's kind of like the Mandalorian meets the littlest hobo, and that he's just this guy that kind of travels around, helping, reluctantly helping those in need, a bit of an anti-hero, and then sort of moving on to the next place. That's kind of how I'm looking at this show, but uh, Carlos, what did you? Th- what was your uh, reaction upon hearing the news? I I, I don't know. I, I um, you know, we, we I talked about this on. Uh, I was I joined Rob and Brad on on Talk Star Wars this week, and uh, we uh, we kind of spoke about it, but I completely forgot what I spoke what I what I answered to that question. <laughs> and uh i don't know I, I my first reaction was mandalorians ugh like i'm i'm kind of they they don't they don't say star wars to me like other things do um so i wasn't too too keen on it i, I but the more we we talked about how um i think like Corey said you know how or no actually like you said like littlest hobo where he's just like going around and getting himself into like certain situations or you know shenanigans um i think i could see that more uh but uh, i don't i don't know i don't want to you know put too much stock into mandalore you know i don't know there's just they did enough of that in rebels and i'm i'm not that's not what i go to star wars for personally uh, I could see how it's attractive to some people, and uh, Sabine is a bit of a hero. So, um, you know, it's just the it's the whole Boba Fett thing, and you know, they're not even Mandalorian, and you know, he's just he's a poser, and yeah. uh, I, I'm not, um, yeah, I'm not too keen on on that whole that whole thing. But you know, who knows? We don't know what the premise of the show is going to be, so it's tough to go out on a limb and and say I'm going to love it or I'm going to hate it. Well, Corey's going to love it, but besides that, like, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I'm not, um, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a wait and see right now. I'll be honest. Like, resistance is at the forefront. Like, I'm still, I'm still uh, going to focus on that first before we think about the Disney streaming service. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you in that. Like I said, I, I don't really care to to learn more about Mandalorian society. I've I got my fix of that from the Clone Wars, from Rebels. It confuses yep. the hell out of me. It, I didn't find it terribly interesting. 
I could see how they could have built that into a standalone universe of its own because of its neutrality, Mandalore's neutrality and all that stuff. But I was never fully engaged in the idea of that kind of show. This guy off on his own doing his own thing, I find much more interesting from, yeah, I find that way more interesting. Corey, what's your take? What's it like? <clears throat> I just want to ask you guys something. I know we had discussed this prior in a previous pod, but we talked about like a, the reunification of like a fractured Mandalorian society and all that. Now, was that a rumor we had heard or was that just us like speculating on things? Do you that, remember? That was a rumor. Oof. See, because I'm all for what you guys are saying. Like this took my uh, my level up, man. Like, like just for the reasons you guys had said, like I mentioned, like the big takeaway when I read this thing is the Mandalorian. Like, I don't know, like it's got that Western vibe. I'm loving that feel. And the big takeaways are lone gunfighter, outer reaches, far from authority. It's like kind of like a lawless land. And I really, I, I, I'm big on that kind of thing. You know, it kind of in a way reminds me a bit of like Firefly, like pioneering new worlds and like just anything kind of goes in these places. So it really wet my appetite in that regard. So yeah, I don't know. Like it, I'm definitely more stoked than I was prior. Like you guys said, just cause you know, we, we'd said it would be interesting to see the unification of Mandalore and all that kind of stuff and what it would mean for the future of Star Wars. But to see this guy go out there and I don't know, just I like what you had said, Kyle, the little hobo kind of deal. Like, who knows? Like, that, that's kind of the MacGuffin at this point is why is he out there? What is he doing? Like, what's the purpose? Is he just trying to be like a good dude? Like, but it seems like uh, he's going to kind of be a big deal. And then again, I don't get why they they mentioned Boba and Django. Like, like Carlos was saying, I don't. I think it's confirmed that they're actually not Mandalorian. Yeah, I think you're right. And before we even seen the photo, like my my mind, I had read the the synopsis or whatever that short little paragraph, and my mind instantly went to Sabine. Like, just because I don't know, like if there's anyone to unify eventually mandalore i would think it's her she's a crazy marksman like super weapon expert like so good with her gun and outer reaches like it kind of makes me think it's the time period too where she would be realizing that she's going to be needing to go search out ezra so even that's a possibility to play out in this series especially not knowing that feloni is on board directing like ah like imagine getting ahsoka out there in an episode yeah, well, looking looking for Ezra in the in the outer reaches of space, man. Like, yeah. So, well, I guess that's a good. This is a good place to introduce the the uh, the photo, the official photo of the Mandalorian to the conversation because that that's a dude. That's they're, they're, that image is not Sabine under that helmet. No way, yeah. that guy's jacked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think there's a confirmed actor. I can't remember his name at the moment, but it was a Game of Thrones actor that everyone's kind no, of speculating. No, that's, that's been shot down. Really? Yeah, well. It's the type of so MSW had a report that Pedro Pascal from Game of Thrones and Narcos was potentially going to be the lead, and then this guy's uh, representation said no, 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 not true. But we've seen that type of denial before, so we'll see. It's maybe still going to be him, maybe not. I don't know, but it's it's not. This is not Sabine. No way. Well, anyway, her, she could have a role in this, depending on what the story's like. But again, this this outer reaches vibe to me lends more itself more to what you were saying kyle and especially again the 
the staggered amount of like the eight episodes for directors, it kind of says to me almost that, yes, maybe it won't be one continuous story per se, but several arcs to get to know this character from different points of view. You know what I mean? Like each, each director will have a different take on this guy's story, like four rooms from Tarantino and the group, you know? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, well, let's stick on this image for a sec. Like the guy looks pretty stereotypically Mandalorian, right? Like there's nothing here to go. Oh, wow. Look how, look how different that is. I mean, the, the coolest thing obviously is uh, the butt of the rifle. Which uh, which jumps out to Star longtime Star Wars fans and those who have been victimized by the uh, holiday special would recognize the butt of that gun uh, from from Boba Fett's appearance in the holiday special. So I love that they actually pulled that. I like the helmet too. Like it just seems like there's no real, I don't know, like design on it. It just seems like polished. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I dig that. That's kind of cool. The rest of them though is pretty plain. I like the colors. It almost, again, lends itself to a Western vibe, you know? Oh, this has spaghetti Western written all over it. Like, one thing I will say is before this drops, we all, all of us need to go brush up on uh, Clint Clint Eastwood's trilogy of uh, The Man With No Name, Fistful of Dollars, uh, For a Few More Dollars, and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Like, we're all going to have to go watch those movies again. I'm sure that this... This will be the Star Wars equivalent of that. No question about it in my mind. And then I, I guess while we're at it, we go check out uh, Yojimbo, which is a Kurosawa thing. When we know we know how heavily Kurosawa influenced Star Wars, uh, Yojimbo, uh, no, a Fistful of Dollars is an adaptation of Yojimbo. So I think these are all natural fits for Star Wars and for this type of spaghetti Western thing that they're doing. So... Uh, I'm going to be doing that very, very soon, just checking out those movies and I guess looking around, sniff, sniffing around to see if there's any other movies that people recommend. It's like, yeah, no, this movie, is, this Spaghetti Western is going to absolutely uh, be echoed in The Mandalorian. It's interesting, just like quickly, like I was watching an episode in season three of The Clone Wars and right before the episode aired, it uh, was actually dedicated to Kurosawa. I was like, and like it makes so much sense. Like they're protecting a village, and it was a really good episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that Corey, you kind of alluded to it, but the directors, uh, we have Deborah Chow who did. Uh, so that I took I took this info from StarWars.com, their little release. Deborah Chow, who directed episodes of Jessica Jones. Uh, Rick Famuyiwa, who directed Dope. Bryce Dallas Howard who directed uh, Soulmates. I'm not sure if that's a movie or a TV show. And Taika Waititi, who of course did Thor Ragnarok, and our good pal Dave Filoni. So we've got five names there. And we believe... So we, we originally thought that this was going to be a 10-episode series. I don't know if that was just sort of uh, taken for granted or if that was part of an actual uh, report. But now it's, it seems like it's been pared down to eight episodes. So I, I like that. I think that's uh, if if you can get better quality out of eight stories than you would out of dragging it out to ten, do it absolutely. D- distill it down, boil it down, and just give us the uh, just go all killer, no filler. Yeah, like I, I kind of agree there from a budget standpoint as well, in the sense that you know we have this much to play with. Well, let's not spread ourselves too thin, and let's 
get some bang for our buck here in eight. So are you guys at all familiar with the work of any of these directors? I mean, we all know Thor Ragnarok, so that's that's a given. But have you either of you guys watched Jessica Jones or uh, Dope or Soulmates? I have nope. not. Nope. nope. But I'd say like with TD like that, that's big for me. Like we were us three. We went to go see Ragnarok and it. I remember like almost like dragging you guys. Well, I'm not dragging you, but I was like, guys, 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 please, 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 please. And I don't think any of you guys were disappointed. Like I, this could be really fun for that. And Filoni as well. Like I, I'm, I'm just so excited to see this, what he can do in live action and just knowing that, that he's involved too, like getting his hand, like his feet wet in that department is big for me, but. Well, yeah, it makes uh, yeah. all, it makes all kinds of sense. At least he's doing the first episode considering his knowledge of Mandalorians. And of course we'd heard that uh, he was learning the live action ropes by hanging around the, uh, the rogue one set. And I, I imagine he was, he must've been, was he around the last Jedi set? I don't know, but he, yeah, no doubt he's been soaking in knowledge from, from those who know live action much better than he does. So now he's going to get his chance. And I, I don't know if this is where he wants to be in terms of live action, or if this is uh just the beginning, and he's going to move on to bigger and better things. We shall see. Um, what else we got here to talk about? So there's there's some speculation about. Well, you know Jessica Jones. Well, I, uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I didn't. I haven't watched season two yet, but I did watch season one. It's okay. It's uh, it's not my favorite of the Marvel series, but it was good. You know, it was it was well. The the directing was was fine. That's not the problem That's I had with the, with the season. Um. But I, I don't know if, if Deborah Chow directed season one or two or both. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, no no problem. No problem with this list at all. Even from a diversity standpoint, too, you know? It's Yeah. I mean, Star Wars is finally getting the message. <laughs> They're finding some good names and they are plugging them in. So good on them. Maybe a little, maybe a little late, but uh, better late than never, I suppose. Uh, so uh, the other casting bit from MSW is that they've heard that John Leguizamo's name is out there as well, which might be cool. He's he's definitely a very versatile actor. Mm-hmm. It'd be very interesting to see what he could do with someone like Taika Waititi. Uh, just some some random speculation here, guys. Uh, kicking around the idea that is the is this guy Cobb Vanth from the Aftermath series? which is one of the first thoughts that I had you know, before really getting to talk to anybody about this. So Cobb Vanth was somebody who was wearing uh, Boba Fett's armor or what we think is Boba Fett's armor in the Aftermath books. And I, I don't think it's him. This does not look like uh, Boba Fett's armor in any shape, way, or form. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to rule that out. Um, how about some Bo-Katan or Fen Rao appearances? Yeah. You think it's a thing, Corey, or is, are, are those two busy doing actual Mandalorian things on Mandalore? Well, if they do take it down to Mandalorian society at a point and he starts playing, he stops playing in the, the outer reaches, then yes, I think they're going to have to at least touch on something like Clan Ren or Fenrao or something that's going to get us a little situated in what we're comfortable in. And I think that'd be a cool, like little re- uh, tie in too, you know? For sure, we're going to get at least some kind of mention of some family clan that we're 
uh, that we've heard of before, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, there, I think there'll be a, a lot of little dot connecting in this in this show. I don't know that there's going to be, like, I don't think Katie Sackhoff is going to show up on screen as Bo-Katan. At least, you know, if they if they get to a second season, maybe they do that. I Just based on the premise of the show, it sounds like this guy is, is, a, is a wandering guy who just is all over the place. If we're going to Mandalore, I, I don't know that this is going to happen either very late season one or if we get a season two, it may be not until then. Uh, how, how about So Dave Donovan asked us, uh, is there room for Luke and Ben or Lor Santeca perhaps to be an element or even pass through this Mandalorian series? Um, you know, passing or mentioned. Uh, he, I don't know. I, I think it's possible. Maybe Lor Santeca is a bridge too far, but if this is set on Tatooine and that that very well could be Tatooine, I could see Luke's name being kicked around. And by this point, after the fall of the Empire, Luke would have been, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word, sort of a, a celebrity. So you, I could imagine Luke's name being passed around like the local kid knocked off the Empire. Wow. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I brought up, I brought up Luke uh, uh, making an appearance in the the second to last episode, uh, kind of uh, like Sebastian Stan playing uh, playing a younger Luke, um, kind of making his way into uh, onto one of the planets in the Outer Rim uh, in his travels, and it kind of uh, as a what's the word I'm looking for as a breadcrumb to the next series or the next season um, uh, of, of whatever is going to be on the streaming service. Cause we don't know if like beyond the eight episodes, if, if they're going to come back with a, the Mandalorian season two, or is it going to just be another story? Like, like what American horror story does with their seasons where yeah. every season is, is a different, it's you, you, a lot of times you have the same characters, the same actors, uh, but they're playing. Um, no, you have the same actors playing different characters in a completely different situation uh and i really like that about american horror story and i think it would work so well on 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 a streaming service um with different star wars stories where you can uh interplay with um you know connective tissues between uh, let's say mandalorians and then the next time it's going to be something about um I don't know, maybe this, uh, the Sith temple that's under the Jedi temple on Coruscant. And then the next time it could be completely just a bunch of different things who all you're doing is you're filling up um, the, the the canon well of everything that has to do with Star Wars. Um, yeah, I, 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 I would love to I would love to see Luke if that's if it's alluding to uh, future stories. You know, and not not just to throw him in, just for, um, yeah, I was yeah, just say just because, bad. yeah, well, no, not, that, not that, because reasons. I feel like you have more of a chance of seeing someone like Lord Santeca in that regard. Like to have Luke in it, kind of again, kind of steals the story. Like Carlos was saying, like you, how are you going to fit Luke in? Like in the passing, like you would say, Kyle, that's perfect. I think it's just like oh, the, the hometown kid uh, took down the Empire. I think that's kind of perfect if they are on Tatooine again. Other than that. I could see Lord Santeca more in a sense that uh, maybe they hire this the Mandalorian or maybe the Mandalorian ends up like uh, protecting 
this this religious sect you know like for some reason they're, they're being hunted and they need his help and he's the only one that can help them so i don't know that that would be very like spaghetti western style you know kurosawa yeah for sure and it, it could also play into like the littlest hobo type thing where he's for this this week and next week he's gonna uh, or episodes one and two he's gonna protect this little tribe of people and next week he's on another planet and he's he's got to do another uh, good deed against <laughs> against his own will sort of thing um yeah uh i don't know i'm i'm really excited i i really want to see what what's next with this I think it's. Yeah. I, I think the concept is really, really solid, and it has. I mean, like like Dave said, I you know, do we have chances to put Luke and Ben in this? I I think there's a chance of anything to happen, but I think the the ties to what we know will be really, really subtle. Subtle, subtle ties to uh, to the old canon. Yeah, I don't know if this is gonna <clears throat> have like a big underlying connection to everything. But like you just said, Kyle, like I've point, I've said this for a long time, that my ideal Star Wars show would kind of be possibly like every episode again, like a different director, but like not necessarily the same characters. You know what I mean? Like every tale had like a different genre and story to tell. But this is almost somewhat close to that. Hopefully we don't know if it's going to be one continuous arc or different stories, but I'm, I'm hoping the different story arc, you know, give this four two hour episodes. Yeah, well, we, I guess we don't know the details on that yet, but my guess is they're going to be eight episodes, anywhere from forty-five to fifty-five minutes each, and that's that's the standard on a streaming service. That really, that's really what they do. Maybe they'll do they'll go a different direction here, but I I I don't see it that way. Uh, anything else? Were you guys worried when they finally dropped this down from allegedly dropped it down from ten to eight? Was that a worry for you guys or? Are you just, I just, just make it as good as it needs to be. And if it's eight, do eight. I'm on, I'm on board with that. I mean, they obviously have their reasons and, uh, who might've questioned that. Is it, is it eight because they had less budget or they're doing more with the budget that they have? Exactly. Like, I, I don't mind eight if, if it's, a, if it's a, if it's a completed story in eight, if you, if you, if you have eight instead of 10 and you get the, the, the same story, like I don't want filler and fluff <laughs> rebels. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, um, that's not what, a like, it, give me something that's better self-contained. Um, and if it's eight, it's eight, you know what I mean? Like, what if it's eight episodes that are, uh, you know, 55 minutes instead of 10 that are 47, like whatever it, 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 in the long run, just give me the best story. You'll take what you get and like it. <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah, for sure. Like if, if they had, I would be worried if it was. We've got a story for 10 episodes and then someone goes, oh, yeah, guys, we don't have we can't we don't have the budget for 10 episodes. That's okay. Then we got to we got to trim it back to eight. I'd be a little bit concerned if that was the reason. If it was always eight, that was always the intention. Great. No problem. If we just, you know, if fandom jumped the gun and saying 10 episodes and it was always intended to be eight. Great. I'm fine. That's still going to be. Like 400 minutes of Star Wars. I'm okay Yay. with that, guys. <laughs> you know, that's what? Uh, six hours plus? Almost seven hours of Star Wars? That works for me, guys. 
Yeah, it's going to be good times. Well, and one thing I was confused about. So when the when news of this broke, when we got news that Favreau was getting a series, am I crazy or did they not mention that they were going to use the visual effects that uh, that he had made almost perfect in the Jungle Book? Like, do you guys remember seeing that as part of the initial release? I remember there being, there being something about uh, CGI, yeah. Right, like it was supposed to be like a really CGI heavy show. That was part of the the buzz around this show, correct? I'm not nuts for saying that. I don't think so. We're not seeing that anywhere now. And I did some digging and I went looking, not super hard, but I, I don't I don't see mention of that anywhere now. It's I don't know if they've changed direction for the show. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I I thought that was really confusing. So if anybody out there remembers the initial reports and go yeah like you know what they did say it was going to be all new characters and very cgi based on the jungle book tech uh yeah let let us know because I, I i'm sure that that's was part of the original um presentation about this anyway really excited let us know what you guys think i i'm excited i, I think i'm going to get more excited as we go here so that's it we can uh Put a cap on the news. We're going to try and trim back the like the news that we talk about here on the main show. As you may have heard, we uh, I dropped a, an episode, the first episode of Quick Hits onto the Patreon feed. Just stuff that uh, you know, stuff that we don't necessarily need to kick around here. I've added that to, uh, as another Patreon show that I'll do as uh, as as necessary and when it when it makes sense to do it. So let's uh, let's now go into our break. And as you heard last week, we're going to hear again from Devin with Outer Rim Originals. And we've got a little promo going there. So give that a listen and then head over to OuterRimOriginals.com to see more. Hey, Tumbling Saber listeners. I hope you're enjoying this great podcast. This is Devin Cleffer from Outer Rim Originals, your online source for limited edition Star Wars artwork from officially licensed Disney and Topps artists. Each Outer Rim Originals artwork has the industry's lowest run of only 45 prints. All limited edition pieces from Outer Rim Originals are printed on archival quality Z-Clay paper, are hand-numbered, signed by the artist, and include a certificate of authenticity from Outer Rim Originals. And because you're a listener of this podcast, Outer Rim Originals is offering you the opportunity to purchase a limited edition signed print with 10% off of your order. Simply head to OuterRimOriginals.com and enter the discount code TumblingSaber, the number 10. That's TumblingSaber, number 10. Then get ready to be the envy of the galaxy with a limited edition signed print from Outer Rim Originals. Remember, OuterRimOriginals.com, discount code TumblingSaber10. That's OuterRimOriginals.com, TumblingSaber10. Now, back to the podcast. All right, there goes Devin from Outer Rim Originals and our friends at Unmistakably Star Wars. Keep that website handy, OuterRimOriginals.com, and keep our our discount code, TumblingSaber10, handy. And uh, if you see a print that tickles your fancy... Do it. And again, if you guys have any questions, please hit me up or you can reach out to Devin directly. He'll be happy to answer your questions. Anyway, so let's move into the questions this week and we'll kick it off with Mr. Adam Sheldon who says, Dear all, my question is, in the original draft for Revenge of the Jedi and Ralph McQuarrie's artwork depicts this following vision before the name change that Luke approaches Vader to get him to join the rule the get him to join him to rule the galaxy and defeat the Emperor and the Empire. 
Vader agrees as it's his last chance for redemption, but dies whilst both fighting the Emperor and the Emperor escaping. The original 789 idea was that Han dies in 7, as we know that Han uh, Harrison was done with Star Wars. Luke then goes on a mission to find his sibling out there in the galaxy, who is hidden and to train her to help him defeat a very old but powerful Lord of the Sith. Kurt said, Luke and Leia and Empire were never going to be brother and sister, and it's obvious because Vader doesn't censor, only Luke. Anyway, it was going to be more like a Western, with Luke as the hero on his quest to the Imperial Center, which is now known as Coruscant, where the Emperor's throne room was, throne room was located, and during this fight between a trained Leia, Emperor and Luke gets overpowered, Luke dies, and Leia defeats the Emperor, and Leia gets control of Coruscant and the government, and the galaxy is saved. Would that original draft and vision have been a better 789 trilogy? Love and best wishes always, Michelle, Corey, Carlos, and Kyle from Adam, Retro Inc. Podcast, and Knight of the Commonwealth. Adam, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Thank thank you. And Corey, I'm going to turn this one over to you first. Could Adam's premise have been a better 789 than the one we are currently enjoying? Well, from what I've heard originally as well, like similar to what he was saying, uh, I heard once that Luke turns to the dark side and proclaims that he is Darth Vader now once everyone's kind of been smoked. But uh, the one issue I have with it all is the fact that if, you know, we see these little clips now and again of Mark Hamill and Leia or Carrie Fisher when they were younger saying that, yeah, George has these uh, ideas for other movies in the future, like 20 years from now. So if we were to have ended Jedi on a note where <clears throat> Vader dies and okay, he had his redemption, but the, the emperor lives like there's no way we would have waited 20 years to see that conclusion. Like knowing the emperor lives, like it's not over at that point. And we really all thought it was over uh, after Jedi for a long time. So uh, I don't know. Again, the, the whole space twins thing. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily foreseen. It was kind of like on the go writing, but I love the split, the space twins thing. And I think it makes perfect sense. And I guess in the long run, like it would have been cool to see uh, Leia take the mantle in the long run. So I, I do like it from that perspective. And she kind of has it in her own regard, right? Like, even though well, we don't know her force potential yet, well, we kind of do and, and don't like it's kind of mysterious, <laughs> but she's. She's powerful. We'll say that much. We don't know how much training she's had exactly. And well, Yo we, seems... we know that Yoda Yoda wanted her as opposed to yeah, Luke. It seems like it's more uh, dormant within her, but once unleashed, has more potential. So I don't know. Uh, I, I like the fact that it ends with her on top. You know, I don't want to say controlling the galaxy, but you know, just being that person of freedom and that kind of would have been cool. But again, the, the whole emperor escaping, like for me, wouldn't have worked. And uh, I like the way it is. And personally, I like what we got as a result. And, you know, it's, it's about this, this trilogy should be about passing the baton. You know what I mean? It shouldn't focus so much on the main characters. They had their trials and tribulations. So. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that much for sure. Carlos, how, how do you feel? 
Uh, there are elements of of that story that I really, really, really love. Um, but considering uh, we are already two thirds of the way through uh, this uh, this storyline, and knowing that the tears of of Legends fanboys are helping to keep the ocean water nice and salty. Uh, I say I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite happy with, um, with not going back. No, but to be honest, like, yeah, there, there are elements of that, of that original, uh, idea that are, are fantastic. Um, and we're talking about how Return of the Jedi or Revenge of the Jedi would have been different. So already there, that. You know, that could have been that could have made that movie better, but um, I know it's sacrilege to 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 dump on on the OT. But um, yeah, not, not a fan they're, of Return of the Jedi. They're, they're, we love them. We would not be here without them. They are not perfect. No, definitely not. And uh, yeah, so I'm not too. Uh, I, I'm happy with. Uh, I, I have believe me, I have my issues with uh, with seven and eight. Uh, more so seven than eight, but uh, 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 let's get nine. We'll sit on it for about, for a few months, maybe a year, and then I'll come back to this question and say, should we have had something different? I I can't answer that right now because how nine ends is gonna really. Um, that's that's uh, the hammer. Yeah, that, that that's gonna put uh, the exclamation point on whether it was really good or uh, horror awful, as Shaq says. Yep, absolutely. And yeah, I, I I like you, Carlos. Um, there are elements of of Adam's uh, email here that I really think are cool. Like I I like the idea of uh, of Luke shoving off to his next adventure, which would be to to find his sister and and continue the fight. Um. But I, I think this could have been interesting if they had done this, say, in, and they had the technology for it in 1991 when Carrie and Mark and Harrison were still in that age where this would have made sense. But this, this, they could not have done this if this was what they they chosen to do in 2015. Like I don't know if they could. Like I, I'm sure there's a lot of fans who disagree. I don't think they could have or should have started uh, episode seven or you know, kicked off a trilogy, a sequel trilogy with Luke at the center of it with, uh, you know, with Luke being the main, I don't think you should do that. You know what I mean? Like star Wars is, yeah. it's, it's always about the kids. It's always about the kids. It's always been that way. And so like we would have been there opening night to see what's next with Luke. And we probably wouldn't have complained one word but would it have taken off? Would would that story have legs? Again, with us hardcores, of course we'd watch it till the day we die, and that's when that movie's legacy would also end. Like there's there there would be nothing f- there for uh, for the younger set. So you, they had to go with kids. They had to bring in the Daisy Ridleys and the John Boyegas and oh, that the whole young group. They had to. There's there's no there's no getting around that in my mind. Like. Can you imagine young kids? Okay, I think we can agree. Star Wars was conceived for young kids. 
Like, would they get excited about a movie consisting of 60 and 70 year olds running around? No. No. Only while wearing rose colored glasses would, can I sit there and say, yeah, man, like all the little kids I know would be so excited to see a bunch of seniors running around. Like, it, when you frame it that way, they, no, they, they couldn't have done it. So, um, it, yes, I mean, to answer Adam's question, it could have made a better 789, but I don't think it would, I don't think it would have worked uh, the way Star Wars currently works. Anything else to add to that? I want somebody to take me to task for saying uh, that kids would not care to see old people running around because I I am absolutely certain of that. Mm, I'm in no position to put anybody to task unless it's my own children. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, you know what? I I see your point. I really do. And um, but (sighs) we're all kids when it comes to Star Wars. Aren't we? I, I don't know. Maybe that's just a reductionist attitude, but um, see how I said reductionist. That's 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 a big word, guys. That, that's a that's that's a, that's a nice pull right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, not bad for quarter to eleven or quarter to twelve yeah. on a Sunday night. The good news is the good news is for all our friends is that uh, the uh, <laughs> the twenty five milligram is only going to kick in in about half an hour. So. Oh boy. <laughs> so we're in good shape like i'm very uh mental acuities there and uh, you know see i'm using the big words get him in now <laughs> exactly because soon it's gonna be you know man i love you guys man <laughs> <laughs> oh boy adam on yeah. that note that was a great question and uh i again i'd be curious to know what everybody else thinks all right uh carlos do you want to read larry's question uh, yes, I will do. Uh, so Larry writes, thusly, uh, for a long time, I've had a sliding door. What if type of question from rebels from the twilight of the apprentice arc episodes? Uh, I've, uh, never heard any talk or theories on the weapon space station that Ezra and Kanan, uh, very, uh, nearly mobilized with the Sith holocron. Vader appeared to be looking for it. And it is, um, oh, by the way, spoilers for Rebels. Um, (laughs) Vader appeared to be looking for it. And it mentioned uh, that he and Sidious wanted to use it and uh, either had never uh, found it before or couldn't open it as maybe he didn't have a Sith holocron. Really? Uh, Ezra wanted to uh, use it to gain the knowledge to destroy the Sith. And Maul was also trying to use it for his own gains. What was it? An ancient Sith ship, battle station. What would they all have been able to do uh, with it if they were in control of it? What secrets could have been revealed to Vader? Could it have been used to locate the remaining Jedi? If so, could it have? Uh, could he have hunted down Obi Wan, Yoda, and maybe could it have uh, revealed Luke to him if he had mobilized fully? Could he have uh, even used it to defeat the Emperor? Uh, how different could things have been if it had fallen to the wrong hands? Was it the only ever one or were there others? So many questions, so many possibilities. I've never heard the potential of any of this discussed. And I know there are huge Rebels fans 
amongst you on the pod, Corey. So I would love to hear you kick it around a little with some ideas uh, or to discuss what you have read, heard that I may not have heard. Looking forward to the next pod as always. Larry, thank you so much, Larry, for that email. It was, uh, man, talk about can of worms. <laughs> there's like, a yeah. lot of questions in here. There's a lot of questions, and I'm in no way an expert. I loved the Twilight of the Apprentice. Thought it was a fantastic, uh, a fantastic arc. Like uh, there was what two, three episodes that led up to that, and um, yeah, it was it was really good. But I really have no strong opinion one way or the other because you know blue hair. So um, <laughs> that's blueberry to you. <laughs> go ahead, Corey. <laughs> Let's hear it. Well, I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here. Like, first and foremost, I just want to As say I the, knew whole, you would. <laughs> the holocrons thing, it just blew my mind. How cool are the holocrons? The potential that they have, the mysteries and stuff that they were able to unlock. It's so incre- incredible, man. Like the merging of the dark and the light and what, what that was able to accomplish. It, it just blew my mind. So when it comes to Malachor, uh, kind of like Larry was saying is, I kind of get where he's coming from in the sense that, you know, Yoda is the one that tells Ezra they need to go there. And Kanan's like, the only thing he says at that place is that's where Jedi go to die, I believe. And, you know, so there is a lore and a history and something behind that place where it is known of. And then we get there and we find out that there was some kind of like huge battle. There was a Sith temple and this temple is just filled with power like absolute power which is just incredible like we have no knowledge of this prior in star wars like we're seeing it in the animation more in rebels rebels really start to flesh this out like the power of these temples like it's it's so incredible like i don't know what they what the potential that that thing had but it looked pretty goddamn powerful like it looked like a planet destroyer as well like something was going on there and i don't know like when you see stuff like the world between worlds in rebels and that's temple connected and it's all so long ago it's all ancient mis- like history from jedi so it always gives me that impression that the past jedi had a much deeper understanding and knowledge of and uh, relationship with the force and just the the potential there for storytelling is just amazing. And I love that kind of stuff. And we're seeing it more and more and more like on Acto with Jedi Prime and all this stuff. Like just the that just blows my mind. Now, what, another question you would ask about the whole mall thing. And Kyle and I can I think we disagreed about this in the past. But when they merged the holocrons and Maul was seeking hope. That's what he was looking for. Ezra said he wanted to destroy the Sith, like you had said. So they both inadvertently got their answer in the same thing. Like hope was kind of with Obi-Wan because he was protecting a new hope. And the way to destroy the Sith is through Luke. So they were both searching the same thing, although Maul was able to understand the message more clearly. Although he didn't see Luke per se, but he saw Obi-Wan in this vision on on Tatooine, which is why he went there. And that, that like, he had no idea Obi-Wan was still alive at that point. Like, he ran away laughing maniacally. Like, he lives, oh my God. Like, like his quest from the Clone Wars is back. Like, he's just 
entranced at that point. His, his bloodlust is back for Obi-Wan. It's not like he ever expected that, but it's just like the cherry on top for him. Like, who knows what he actually really wanted with hope. But all in all, that's just one of my favorite things of Star Wars. This mysticism and the past history of is just something that just blows my mind. The potential for storytelling and the power with what the, what was, once was, is so incredible. Okay, so you just went on for like three minutes. I, I'm not sure if you answered any of Rick's questions. Sure he, did. didn't. he didn't. <laughs> I've been laughing. I was on mute. I'm like, what does he even say? Like, is he? Uh, go ahead. Corey, That's not go. to say that I disagree with anything you said. I just don't know that this, this list of questions that Rick sent us or that Larry had sent us. I don't know that you answered any of them. So, well, he asked about Maul. Well, Maul was searching what, for What hope. do you think it was? What do you think that weapon Malachor? was? The, the temple. Thingy. I said a planet destroyer, but I don't know. Like it. It had vast amounts of knowledge. Like it says to them, like knowledge is power. It's talking to them, like what do you want? And it just, to me, it always alludes to the ancient past. But at the same time, like it seemed very powerful. And I don't know why they couldn't find it either. Like it, I mean, the eighth brother found it. They found it pretty easily. So, well, are we talking about? We're talking about this thing at the end, like that gigantic temple. Yeah, it's a temple. The Sith temple. And it looked like like it was lifting up. Like in, in my mind. That thing is sort of like a, a triskelion esque thing, where it's just it's it's not quite a ship, it's not quite a battle station, but it is sort of a flying weapon. Hmm, I've never heard that take. Like I, I almost thought of it like a beam, almost. Like so, we saw all those like petrified, fossilized Jedi and Sith warriors, right? Exactly. Yeah. In my mind, that weapon did that to them. Yes. 100% agree with you. So I think that's, you know, I don't know if that was the purpose of that machine, but that was certainly one of the, it's sort of like a scorched earth thing. Like everybody dies. Everybody yeah. goes down. Maybe this, maybe the planet, the, the planet's surface looked like glass almost. Like everything kind of looks like cinder. And I, I just talking out loud, but I, it almost makes me wonder if that was the inspiration for Palpatine's operation cinder. Probably not, but yeah. You know, we can make these connections ourselves if we want. Yeah, it was just sort of the uh, well, and and Cinder Operation Cinder from uh, Battlefront was Palpatine's credo. Like, if I die, my last order is to just burn everything down. Like, if you guys, as my empire, could not protect me, the Emperor, then you guys don't deserve to live. And it was sort of his sort of thing. Like, tear it all down and start new. Uh, so. That was kind. Of, that's yeah. Maybe that that kind of weapon plays into that, where it's like, when when this battle is going to be lost, we're just going to take everybody out. Oh, it's so much deeper than that, man. Like what we've seen with Jedi temples and stuff, and what they have the capacity to do. Like this temple again. Like it's from like a time so far forgotten. Like we saw armies of both Sith and Jedi there, which has been eons that we haven't. Like they haven't. Like that, that doesn't happen forever. Like that was possibly even the last battle between the two or who even knows, you know, it's just so long ago and the knowledge stored there is just probably something that the Jedi of now cannot even fathom. But I'm always leery of Sith when they start talking about knowledge because I don't, they're not interested in knowledge for the sake of the knowledge. They're interested in knowing something so they can weaponize it. 
or just control. Yeah, control. What it's it? They're not doing it because they love to learn. It's not that. It's it's because knowledge they, is power. Because that's like you said, like right. But there's no benevolent. You understand the thing you can. There, there's no noble or benevolent end to their quest for knowledge. It's it's for me, 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 me. Right. They're not looking to help anybody with this knowledge except for themselves. So anyway, what like, what would they have been able to do with it if they were in control of it? And that's, that's another question that Larry had asked. And I don't think that's a thing to be controlled. I, I think it was a weapon of pure destruction. Like I said, like almost like mutually assured destruction. I think that was the, the, the purpose of that type of thing. At no, least in, in, in I think weapon mode. If had Palpatine got his hands on it. Like with Vader, like. That's again like another one of his questions in a way. It's like, why couldn't they find it? Which is again kind of odd. Like, everyone kind of seems to know Malachor exists and they find it with quite ease. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, a, that's a fair question. <laughs> Palpatine and that's a pretty significant archaeological there. find. You think Afro would have like got up in that? Well, this is a little bit before her time. I mean, she was still around the galaxy, but this is a few years before we meet her. But she could have done her PhD on that. Um, yeah, no, it's. It, I think it's a fair question to ask why Palpatine never got there. Because you're right, it just didn't seem like it, it was all that difficult for these guys to find. Both Maul, Maul like Maul was already there. Like, if Maul knows, you got to imagine Palpatine knows. Or there's no reason why Palpatine shouldn't have known. Um, something else that Larry asks, uh, what would they all have been able to do with it if they were in control of it. I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, terrorize people, murder, genocide, that type of thing, but eventually lose control of it. Yes, that's a good long-term answer. But it asks them almost straight up, like, what do you want? Like, like you could probably ask it of anything. Maybe. I mean, do, do holocrons continue to harness and gather knowledge after they've been kind of put away in storage kind of thing? Like, so wait, uh, holocrons of fate, they had, they, they, they both had, Ezra had a holocron and so did Maul. And they used that to kind of. Yeah, it was, it was the merging of the light and the dark, which made it possible. Right. And so they had a, they both had sort of visions of Tatooine and, and Obi-Wan's whereabouts. Mm-hmm. But they had those holocrons with them. So this this one was sort of dormant on Malachor. Was it, is it sort of closed off at that no, point? They, they brought it with them. No, the, we're talking about the big battle station. They needed the, the holocron to open it, though. Right, but what's in like the, the big battle station-y thing itself... Is that a, is that some sort of holocron as well? Like, could you have? It almost looks similar to that too. Like, it like, looks like a giant I, holocron, like a massive, massive. I agree with you holocron. there. Like, it was a um, giant, like data bank almost. That would be more impressive to me in a way. Uh, could it have been used to locate the remaining Jedi? If so, could he have hunted down Obi Wan, Yoda, or maybe even have it revealed to? Uh, revealed Luke to him if it had mobilized fully. And I, I'm sure. I mean, like we just talked I about holocrons so. of fate. 
if those little rinky-dink holocrons could do that, then why not that big one if it was still accruing knowledge? Yeah, it seemed to have an, an innate understanding. Like, if you would have just asked it, like, it would have been like, here he is. What's the weather on Tatooine today? <laughs> hot. <laughs> Too hot. Uh, could he have used it to defeat the Emperor? I say no. I, I just think Vader was incapable of defeating Palpatine until Anakin returned. I, I don't think there's any way. Like, Vader would always would have somehow had it taken away. Just before he's about to defeat the Emperor, something goes wrong. Like I don't think like, Vader Papa, ever could have. Papa. <laughs> Look, I don't think Vader, Vader could have ever taken out Palpatine on his own. Um, what do you think? I'm not, I'm not sure about that. I don't think so. I I, I think he could have. It, it took Luke to show him that he had the strength in him to do it. It's like checks a one-handed body slam down the well. <laughs> Well, and that's, but that's what I mean. Like Vader on his own with no Luke never gets the motivation or the inspiration to take out Palpatine. So the motivation all would always come from fear or, or hate. And I, I don't think Vader ever would have, maybe, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't see Vader ever getting wise enough to really take out Palpatine. Uh, what else here? Was it the only one or were there others? I, I think I'm going to say it's just that one. For, for uh, Oh, hell no. I'm definitely saying there's others. We've seen multiple temples of the Jedi. Why are there not more Sith? Maybe not exactly the same as that one. That one seemed to be like pretty like almost like Sith at their peak. But there's definitely more Sith temples out there that have a lot of potential. Well, yeah, I think there's more Sith temples. I don't think there's more Sith battle stations like that, if we want to call it a battle station. I think that was it's it's reputation preceded it. I think that I think that was the one. And Filoni specialized in that kind of one and done thing, like uh, world between worlds. Very, very careful to uh, knock that temple down and seal up that door forever. Like nobody's going back to tamper with with potential time travel stuff. That's that's over. I feel like the same thing here with this Sith temple. Like they well, used we it. We know that and that's it's it. it's it's still alive and well on Malachor. Sure, I mean we could go back to it at some point. It's possible, but I don't think we're going to go to another planet and just find the same thing. I think that was a very unique Sith, whatever Sith innovation, Sith project. Call it, it was more a Jedi want. project. That thing on Malachor. No, the wall, the world between worlds. Yeah, I'm, I'm way but past yeah. that. Stay on the ride, Corey. Oh, come on, man. Did, did you just crack another beer? I did. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's making sense now. <laughs> Oh, well, I guess we better move on before the 25, <laughs> 25 milligrams <laughs> kicks in on Carlos. <laughs> it's creep. It's creeping up. Uh, but uh, yeah. So, Corey, you're going to read Steve Kirk? Let's do it. Larry, thank you, man. Great question. Thanks, yeah, Larry. Thank you, Larry. That was actually a really good question. I still I still don't know if we answered any of those questions, but. Uh, no, yeah. I, I was like can of worms. <clears throat> yeah, we kicked the can. Yeah, I, I think we answered a, a, a fair few of them anyway. It's a very special weapon on Malachor. 
Thanks again, Larry. Corey, take it away with Steve. All right. So, hey, Tumbling Saberus. I was thinking about this on my drive into work this morning, and I thought I'd throw it your way to chew on. One thing Solo gave us in vast quantities is the opening for many more stories to be told. I'm curious how you would feel about something along the lines of the adventures of Lando and L337. What stories do you think could be told? Or what would you like to see? And in what format you think they're best told? Movies, books, comics? I'm curious what you come up with. Keep up the great work. And long live the Commonwealth. Cheers with a Z. Steve at the San Diego Sabres. Love that guy. Yes, I mean, they've been killing it on their podcast. They've been like dumping like three hour plus podcasts. That is some marathon podcasting lately. Yeah, Steve's such a good guy. Oh, Steve's awesome. He's awesome. I love Steve. I uh, loved it when they did the headbands thing. Did you guys hear that one? Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, that was, I think that was one of the first like really long, long pods. I don't know, guys. What do you think? Uh, Lando and L three like that sounds like a lot did, of fun. Corey, read the que- was the question read? Yeah. Really? <laughs> uh oh! Wow! Did I black out? You may oh, have. Yeah, cheers with a Z. Yes. Okay, I remember now. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, is, is, Lando and L three like that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, again, I don't know if it's my first preference for things I, I I'd like to see. Like we ju- we just got a five part series from Marvel, which again was fun. It na- nailed uh, the dynamic between Lando and L three that we saw in Solo perfectly. I, I just don't know what stories you can tell about these two that would that would hold my attention for very long. Like he's a card player, he's a scoundrel, he's he's kind of a sleazy guy or at least a shady guy. Like I, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know if I, I'd be super down with uh, a, a TV show or a movie based around that. Um, I, I don't know why it would exist other than to get Donald Glover, uh, Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller Bridge on like together on screen. Great dynamic. Maybe maybe a movie works just on that alone. But I don't, Carlos, how do you feel? Do you, do we need to have more of these two on screen or in some other format? Um, <clears throat> I don't want to, uh, insult anybody, but, uh, I like L3 where she is on the Falcon and let's move on. I, I do not, I, I'm not a fan of, oh man, people are going to hate me. I, I, I um, uh, maybe in comics, if I had to stretch it, like I would say comics, I'm just, I didn't like, uh. I didn't like the performance of L3 and Solo. Um, and it's it's a little, it's a touchy subject because, you know, it's it's in fashion to, you know, to be a fan of L3 for some reason. But uh, I'm not. Well, I mean, you don't, have, not everybody has to love everybody. No, we do. They, we, no, hashtag everybody must love what I love. Um, hashtag change.org. <laughs> <laughs> now Corey's falling out of his chair. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah. No, I just, no, I think we got an, 
I personally got enough of L3, and I like knowing that she is the part of the Falcon. And uh, I have no, uh, I have no, you know, qualms about that. I, I'm not gonna petition Disney to, uh, you know, reshoot Solo uh, to strike her out of canon. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I, have a, I have, I have other things to do. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I, I'm not sure we need more. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. And, um, you know, I, I believe there's room for Lando, uh, you know, more Lando stories, definitely. But uh, I don't know if dynamic duo Lando L3 is not, uh, it doesn't speak to me. Is that okay? Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't speak to me either. And I, 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 I thought L3 was really funny, but I, like you said, I've, I had my fill. I don't need, I wouldn't. Again, sort of like with with uh, a bit like Maul, which I spoke about in the, the Quick Hits pod. He's better in small doses at this point. And so I, I would take Lando and L3 together, but in smaller doses. I, I, I don't need, I don't think I need more than what we've got in Solo and in this five-part Marvel series. We've got, we had... Uh, Oh boy, what was it? Was it last shot? No, not last shot. Yeah, last shot, I think. L3 was in that. So we've gotten a pretty steady dose of her in the last uh, five, six months since Solo came out. I- I'm okay with that. I'm kind of okay with that. I-, I-, I don't know that I need any more. And like I've said before many times, I'm not a big fan of going backwards in time to explore people's history. Again, despite loving a film that does exactly that, but as a general rule, I I I prefer to go forward than back. So, I I don't want to go any further back just to get more more Lando and L three. I, I I apply that to both. I don't need more Lando or L three. Corey, what do you think? I'm kind of on the same page. Like I love the character, and like you had both kind of alluded to. I don't. I can't see man Lando doing too much other than either hustling or grifting, smuggling, card playing. And we've kind of been there, done that. The only thing I can really see that would provide something interesting would be the relationship between the two of them and why and how Lando loves her and why she believes that this is the truth. Uh, but again, it could, I'm going to humor Steve in the sense that I, I think it could be interesting in the sense of, you know, the big hustle like get a little more deep into Lando's head in the sense that, you know, when you have a good grift going on, you never know what's going on. Your head's on a swivel and by the end, Lando's trapped. But then as it ends, you find out that was part of his plan and he kind of just comes out on top. You know, he's just played every single card, right? And that's always basis for a fun story. And I don't know, it's TV show. I would take a few more Lando comics. We just got one. We had one not too long ago. But uh, great character, and I just hope it doesn't die off too, too soon. But uh, I'm sure it's in the works at one point as well. We're, we're, we're bound to see a little more L3, I think. I, she's, she's popular enough, I think, for them to consider doing more. I, I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing like a really slick Ocean's Eleven-type movie with with Donald Glover. Like that, I could deal with that, but... It, in the grand scheme of things, like you only get so many kicks at the can as a Star Wars fan, like you're only going to get 
so many films in your life or TV series, I don't know that I'd want to waste or use one of those. Waste is a strong word. I don't know that I'd want to spend one of those opportunities on a Lando L3 movie. If you want, if you want to do it in in the form of a novel, uh, sure, I'll probably read or listen to it. But I'm, I, it's not something I would, you know, for for three years to hear about this movie with Lando and L3, and it's, to know it's just about some kind of hustle or how he screwed somebody to get the Falcon. I, I don't need to see that on screen. That's you know, the, you're you're wasting a, you know a, a good window of opportunity where you could have been producing something that pushes the galaxy forward instead of just filling it, putting spackle on something. Galactic spackle. Don't need it. Well, I would think, I think you were changing your tune when, when Solo first came out, like, I think everyone was enamored with, I mean, both their performances, but, you know, everyone's like, Donald Glover this, like, he's got to have, it's got to be done again. Uh, yeah. I guess it, it, that that is a prevailing sentiment. I mean, the question is directed at us personally. I don't care to see it. If they make it, I'll watch it. You know, they're going to put it in front of me. I'm going to watch it. Uh, that, that, that's not the issue. It's if if you're asking me, would I want to see it? I, you know, I, I assume that comes with the implication that no, you're not. If if you say no, it, we'll move on to some other idea. Not that, well, then screw you, you get nothing. So in that spirit, no, I don't, I don't need more Lando. Or L3. Anyway, so... Um, you, you, Corey, you mentioned it something, or you made me think of something. So before Solo came out, like many of the like the cretinous people in, in the entitled pocket of fandom said stuff like, oh, Solo, it's the movie we didn't ask for. What movie have you ever asked for? Like, that's not a thing that happens. You know, like, none of us asked for Goonies, right? None of us asked for, I don't know, pick a movie on the shelf that you watch. Like, nobody asked for Field of Dreams, but we got these movies. You know, like, that. that's that's not how it works. It's a little different when it's part of a franchise, like the MCU, for example, you know? You have all these different characters you're pretty familiar with, like. Well, yeah, but again, like you already know the source material, so you kind of know what they're. You ha- you have a pretty firm idea what they're going to do. Star Wars is is un- like it's all uncharted water. There's there's no source material to pull from, so th- there's no reason for them to just say, "Oh, gee, fans, tell us what you want." Like that's not how it's ever worked. Like a movie is is internally at any studio, in this case Lucasfilm, a movie is pitched, uh, created, marketed, and distributed, and you either watch it or you don't. You know, you don't get to order as as fans. We don't get to look at a menu and then say make that movie. So again, like while I'm sitting here mostly apathetic to the idea of a Lando L three series, I I can assure you my my reaction wouldn't be. I'm not watching this because I didn't ask for it. Like, again, if they make it, I'll watch it. But otherwise, yeah, I'm done. How about you guys? Yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch everything. I'll watch it. Dude. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Doesn't mean I have to like it. 
Exactly. And it's just like anything else. Like, you know, a lot of people at first were like, oh, Mandalorian. Bleh. Like, then you kind of hear a bit, just a few details, and you're like, oh, man, like, kind of changes my perspective. Nope. Well, some people, but, yeah, some people are still like, eh. And they're, you, you're going to have to sell that's okay. them more. And that's, is perfectly fine. It's, you're not, like I said, you don't order from a menu. They're not going to just call you up and say, hey, man, today we're going to, we, we're going to do the movie that you want. So just tell us and then we're going to do it. That's never, that's not how movies have ever worked. Ever. All right. Uh, Steve, Mr. San Diego Sabres radio podcast. Thanks, man. Great question. Some sparks there. I like it. All right. Lastly, with Mr. Neil Lowry, fandom's best friend, Neil writes, Hi, Kyle and the team. I'm aiming to send regular emails and questions to you. Here's my latest. What creature design from any movie or TV series would fit into the Star Wars galaxy? Continue your great positivity and entertainment. May the Force be with you. From Neil. Thank you, Neil. Corey? I feel like I know what you're going to say, but uh, go ahead and say it. Okay. Like, I think we're all going to have similar answers here. I, I got a few, man. All right. Let's, let's go. Oh, come on. Let's go terror dogs from Ghostbusters. Like Gozer's Hounds. Oh, yeah. Duh, would they? I don't know. They kind of look like the things that uh, Kane and Ezra fight off on that, like, asteroid fear station knocks. those are fear knocks, yes Corey. yeah yeah you're right they oh, do sorry. resemble those hey get your star wars creature names right okay yeah <laughs> yeah what about uh graboids tremors mm. seems very star wars are, are you gonna list off 65 things and then take everything that's on my list or how, how are we uh... all right how about the uh, gizmo gremlins Okay, no, you're not even taking this seriously. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck off. I, I still got... <laughs> we were almost there. <laughs> yeah, edit that. Oh, oh you're wow. such a tool. Will oh. you put in the lightsaber? The lightsaber <laughs> sound effect this time? Please. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Got, uh, the rock biter from NeverEnding Story. And okay. Falcor. Can I, can I go? Or is... Like, you could come around again if you want. I mean... No, I'm done. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle, should I uh, take the chance of letting you go first or should I go? Go for it. Okay, so I have uh, Drax the Destroyer. <laughs> yeah. Feel I don't you, know. Bro. There's, something, there's something about it. And conversely, for the bad guys, Thanos as, as like um, one of the original Sith. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I didn't have I didn't have to dig too deep. It was like they were right there. It was just I had the Mar I had the Marvel the the whole Marvel universe at my fingertips, and uh, I like those two guys. Anything creature esque that jumps to mind? Uh, well, they're both creatures, man. Like, if you're not human, you're a creature. Uh, that's the way I look at it. <laughs> Yay, humans! Yes. Exactly. I'm like the Empire. Pretty much. Um, yeah, like we, we, look, 
we we think of look at Star Wars. Okay, you look at creatures. Ewoks. Did they make uh, Return of the Jedi better? Eh, no. Porgs. Did they make uh, the Last Jedi yes. better? Yes, and yes, actually. <laughs> no, they didn't. In reality, they didn't. So, in, like, in, in your opinion, you, you, they didn't. You mean? <laughs> yes, yes, Corey. That's exactly what. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I'm not. Uh, look at Jar Jar. You know, he's another creature. They didn't make it better. Come on, say yes. I dare you. It, it depends on your opinion. I ah, guess you're wrong. So look. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, I, I like the depth, actually. I like the depth of those, the characters that I, that I named, the, the creatures that I named. Uh, I, I, I look, I look at it in that sense. Like what, what could they bring to the Star Wars universe that actually adds something as opposed to, um, another plush toy that, uh, you know, they might be selling. So that's, that's the way I took it, Neil. I, I, I respect you, Neil, and I respect the question. So I gave it. A real answer. I give you five real answers, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dogs. You know the dogs from Good Love Third? Terror dogs. Sure. Dude, well, come on. Rock biter? That totally reminds me of Bendu. Well, yeah, maybe that's where they got Bendu from. Yeah, that's it, man. It all draws, man. What, what Gizmo. You, Gizmo. I, th- I thought Gizmo was a bit of a, a, a tough pull. Yeah, but I can see it. I can still see it. Mm. I think, well, tremors, I mean, I think tre- of all of them, Tremors makes the most sense. Every time he falls off a cliff on Octu, there's like thousands of, of gizmos popping up because he got wet. Well, there's a lot of water on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, gizmo is nothing more than a baby Ewok mixed with Yoda. It's exactly it. That's what, that's all he is. So I guess in that, in that sense, Gizmo could fit into Star Wars. Yeah, but it shouldn't. But, it sh- you but know, it sometimes should. just because you yeah. can doesn't mean you should. Exactly. There you go. Well said, sir. Uh, the alter ego of of Gizmo, uh, Spike is that is that his name? The evil gremlins. Yeah, yeah I think you're, you're or right. The, the actual gremlins. Um, I they almost I could see if you swapped out Salacious Crumb with the evil gremlin, you don't miss a beat. That's where they got the idea for. The gremlin was from Salacious Crumb. Is it? I don't know. I just oh, I made that. I thought maybe you had, I thought you had something there. <laughs> it's fact. <laughs> it's fact because they said it on a podcast. Well, of course. I, yeah, I couldn't see that because they both have the same mischievous behavioral traits. I, I guess the gremlins are a little more sadistic and homicidal. But yeah, they're both troublemakers. They're both little lizardy troublemakers. Uh, my, f- I, you know, did you guys watch the last Airbender cartoon? I did not, but that's something I need to rectify because I heard it's dope. It's Filoni in the box. Well, let's not go crazy with Filoni. He was he was a part, a small part of that show. Small part of that show. Filoni. Yeah, uh, Appa from that show, I could see being in Star Wars. He's like a flying. Jeez, oh, what well, I don't even know what, what you would call him. Like a big giant water buffalo, big flying white buffalo. I could, I could, like. I could have seen him in Star Wars. To some, in, in somehow, somehow they could have made that work. Um, I, I would have put Momo on the list as well, but he's too close to the, uh, the Lerman species in Star Wars, and it would be, it'd be weird if we, if we uh, did that. So, so forget it. Momo can't join, the, join the club. 
but yeah, that's my that that is my my favorite one, Appa from Airbender. All right, I think I think we're done for the week. That is episode one forty six, done and dusted, finished. And we're now we talking can... resistance. Well, what's going on? We can't talk about a show that we've never seen. <laughs> You're ruining the magic, man. You're ruining the magic. This comes out on Tuesday. Well, I'm not putting the, the cart before the horse. I don't know what we're doing about resistance. <laughs> good. Okay, good. Just wanted to make it clear. So uh, you might see something following this episode in your feed, or you might not. I would like to talk about resistance, but uh, I don't know when or how that's going to take shape. So stay tuned, and one way or, an- or another, you will see something or nothing. <laughs> One way, or, I get, one way or the other, I will make my feelings about resistance known. How about that? Perfect. I heard it's slick. Matthew Kigo quoted it as slick. I trust his judgment. Oh, hell yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, that's it. That is all the time for this week. Uh, Adam, Larry, Steve, and Neil, thank you guys for your questions. We had a lot of fun answering them, as we always do. And uh, yeah. That's that's it, guys. Um, let's just wrap this up quickly by saying thank you to Rob Wade from Emotionally14 for, spo- well, not sponsoring, but uh, endorsing this podcast on his website. So go check out Rob at Emotionally14.com. And be sure to check out our friends over at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, 10 shows of which we are one of them. And they're all awesome. Everybody's doing great work. The, no matter what you like in Star Wars podcasts, you will find it over there at... StarWarsCommonwealth.com And if you like what we do and you want to support us, little quick little detour to Patreon.com slash TumblingSaber and uh, see what we have on offer and see what suits you best and become a powerful friend. We're about to add uh, ad-free shows and quick hit extra podcast. There's, there's more and more value for you there at Patreon.com slash TumblingSaber. Go check it out. Be one of the powerful friends. Join our Facebook group. It is absolutely alive with Star Wars love, man. You are going to enjoy it in there. Trust me. So, all right, guys. So with all that out of the way, Corey, where can people find you on social media? Right on, bro. You can find me at Chop Rules with the Z. And Carlos? Find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at C Candido Music. Uh, Facebook, uh, Carlos Candido. You can like my Facebook page. Uh, my music page, go to my website, carloscandidomusic.com, or uh, you can uh, throw a few bucks my way, uh, get some music every month uh, by supporting my Patreon campaign, patreon.com slash carloscreates. Beautiful. And for the absent Michelle, you can find her at tediously underscore brief, and you can also find her on Instagram at travelingbooknerds. A lot of cool stuff going on there, so check out Michelle. And uh, we'll wait for her return later, late this month, maybe even November. Wow. Uh, and for me, I am at Tumbling Saber on Twitter, on Facebook. Again, come join that that close group of ours. It's so much fun. Do it. And also on Instagram, but I'm I'm losing interest in Instagram. So that that one's up to you. And that's <laughs> it for this week. Thanks so much for listening, and have yourselves a great week. Talk to you later. Struggle for the answers. Questions frighten me. Circles getting wider, it's harder just to see.